Elijah was a human being just like we are. Yet he prayed and it did not rain for three years and six months. And then he prayed again and it rained and the land produced its fruit. For the prayer of a righteous person is effective, causes things to happen. Do we know anybody like this righteous person? Well, James says, of course we do. His name is Elijah. You remember Elijah, like, uh, don't you? He was human, just like us. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Oh, okay, he was a human being, but that's about all we have in common. Have you read the stories of Elijah? Now, immediately, all of you go to the same story. Elijah called down fire from heaven, right? That's where y'all went. There are lots of Elijah stories. One of the first things that we hear about Elijah is that he was a snazzy dresser. A soldier comes to a king and says to the king, here's what the prophet said to say to you. And the king said, what did he look like? He was hairy and wearing an animal skin. And the king said, Elijah. <laughs> Most of the stories of Elijah begin with somebody looking for him because he lived in the wilderness. You couldn't find him. He only showed up when he wanted to be found. And there are soldiers who lose their lives looking for him. Wilderness. It's a place of wildness, a place of solitude, a place of retreat and escape. It's the place where only God lives. And if you wanted to know God, you got out of the city and you got into the wilderness. John the Baptist lived in the wilderness. You see, for Elijah, the only thing he cared about was hearing from God. That's it. He didn't care what he ate. He didn't care what he, what he had, to dress, had to wear. He didn't care where he lived or what if he had a house or a roof over his head. None of that mattered to Elijah. The only thing that mattered to Elijah was that his life be as aligned, as justified, so that what God spoke to Elijah is what happened in Elijah's world. You know Elijah. Nashville is the worst place in the world for name dropping. Do you know that? If, you, if you're talking about somebody, some famous musician, somebody, and somebody, somebody in the conversation will go, yeah, I, I know them. And when you push them, I mean really push them, you find out, well, they saw them in the mall. <laughs> they don't know them. And somebody like Elijah, oh, 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 yeah, no, you don't know anything about Elijah. You don't want to be Elijah. You don't want to pay that kind of price. Elijah unplugged before unplugging was hit. 
He didn't care what was going on in Jerusalem. Jerusalem wasn't the center of authority. It wasn't the center of action. The throne room of God was where the, it all happened. And that's where Elijah wanted to be. So he didn't pay attention to what he wore. The shame of this moment is most of us spent more time thinking about what we would wear to this worship service than we did preparing our hearts to worship. Not Elijah. He wanted that conversation to stay open. And he learned to keep it open in small ways. Like I said, we always go to the big fire from, uh, from heaven story, and that's a great story. But he learned about the fire from heaven in a conversation with a widow. Remember, Israel was in a drought. People were starving to death. And he finds a widow and says, make me a cake. And she says, I have one handful of flour and one little bit of oil left in my jar. I'm going to make me and my son one more cake, and then we're going to starve to death. Elijah says, make me the cake first, and you'll never run out of flour, and you'll never run out of oil. She did. She fed the prophet first, and she and her son never ran out of oil and never ran out of flour. You see, that's where Elijah learned the faith to be able to pray that fire would come down from heaven. He wanted to hear more more the word of God, the word from God, more than anything else in the world. Paul tells the Philippians, I count all of my accomplishments garbage for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus in all of his fullness. Now, you and I blow that off, but Paul had a great deal to celebrate. He was a very accomplished person. And what he's saying is, I will give everything I have worked my whole life for if I can just know Jesus face to face. That's all I want. I don't want anything else the world says I need. I want to know Jesus in all of his Fullness. So I'll live in the wilderness. I will disconnect from social media. I will disconnect from media. I will create silence in my life so that I can pay attention to the still small voice that God still uses. We live in a world that thrives on distraction. I want you to pay attention to the last shiny object. To make your life so busy, so hectic, so crazy that you will miss the words when they come to you All I want to know, all I want to hear. 
You know, I went to church way too much as a kid. I'm telling you. I just went too much. Sunday morning, Sunday night. And because my mom was either the church pianist or the church organist, depending on where she was needed, I had to stay for everything. For the rehearsal before, for the corrections afterwards, for what they were going to do. I was there the whole time. So listen, you got to do something. So you find funny verses in the Bible. One of our favorite was pray without ceasing. Y'all remember that? Paul at the end of Thessalonians tells the the church, pray without ceasing. We had more fun with that, thinking about what would actually happen if you prayed without ceasing. If you were driving with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, (laughs) what would happen? If you were walking around, how many walls would you run into? How many stairs would you fall down? If you were praying without ceasing, it was hilarious. And we could run that gag all day long. But you know what Paul is talking about, don't you? Oh, sure you do. You remember when you were dating, right? And you're on the phone? And you knew you had to hang up, but you didn't want to? So you told your girlfriend, no, you hang up. And she said back to you, no, you hang up. The last 20 minutes of your phone call is you hang up. No, you hang up. I don't want to do anything to break this connection. I don't want to do anything where I lose your voice. You know, there are places around here, and we all know them, don't we? We know these places where you drop calls. You avoid them. If you're driving and talking to somebody, you will take three right turns so you don't go through the stop sign that always drops your call. Or if it does, you explain to the person, hey, I'm on Franklin Road. Yeah, I know exactly where you are. You drop the call. Where were you? What? What's happening when you drop prayer? When you kept talking and didn't realize you had lost the connection. What happened? Well, you dropped the call. Jesus knew this would happen. That's why he gave us a table to remember. Hold the bread and remember where you drop the call. Take the cup and remember the price that got you reconnected. 
the deacons will now be preparing to serve you the Lord's Supper. Remember, take two cups. Top cup will have the juice, the bottom cup will have the bread. Take both at one time and we'll come back and share them together. So as the deacons now prepare to serve you, use these moments to prepare your own heart for the receiving of the bread and the receiving of the cup. Lord Jesus, now welcome us to your table. Straighten out anything in our lives. Untwist, unknot anything that keeps grace from flowing through us from your, your throne to our desperate, desperate worlds. We pray this in your name.
and your server will lean into your table and ask, do you want me to bring bread? Yes, you'll say. Because you remember. It's a very simple word picture. It was one of the most common things in the lives of the people who are around Jesus, even our own lives, this thing of bread. So if you go out and eat after church and the server asks you, should I bring bread? You remember. Sometime this next week where you're hungry, but you don't know what you want to eat. So you open the refrigerator door and you stare and you stare and you stare and your wife says, shut the refrigerator door and you shut the refrigerator door and you stare at the refrigerator because you don't know what you want to eat. Last resort, you'll reach into the cabinet and you'll grab a bag of bread and you'll pull out two slices. cleaning up lunch from your kids. And for some reason, they ate every bit of the sandwich but the crust. So absentmindedly, you grab the crust and you eat it. forgetful we were so you gave us a reminder we see literally every day please please Jesus don't ever let us forget again you know a lot of the things that we drink actually make us more thirsty know that? We drink gallons of soda, Coca-Cola. You know it has salt in it. And after you drink it, you're actually more thirsty than you were when you started. There are a lot of things that we drink. Until that moment when you realize how good water tastes. You know, you're at the airport and you're thirsty. And you stop into a little shop there and, and all the drinks are $37. And you think, and you think, I'll just go over here to the water fountain. And 
you lean down and you take a sip of the cold water and it's the best tasting stuff you've ever had in your life and it doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> How much life will you waste this week buying things that don't quench your thirst? How much will you waste chasing after things that just leave you more thirsty? You know, there are things in life that are so expensive, you just dare not ask. When you realize how far you are away and how much it costs to get back, you dare not ask. It's free. Blood of Christ shed for you. It's free. Take and drink all of it. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed as you're thinking about your life in this moment. I don't want to do anything to embarrass you or hurt you. I don't, wouldn't want to do that at all. But I know a lot of us are desperate for water pipe, your hose is kinked, it's all knotted up, and this is the moment where you point and say, this is where I was, this is what happened, this is where I should have been brave and I wasn't, this is where I should have said no and I didn't. It's not a time to beat yourself up, it's just a time to own it. And then let Jesus will forgive you so this grace runs through you. However you need to respond, he'll wait for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is open now. Do whatever you have to do. So nothing hinders the grace that flows from you through us to our so desperate.